Your favorite college football podcast is back, and we are here to fill the void that the offseason brings. We continue our conference recaps, and today we discuss the Big 12. And in this episode, we're going to recap the preseason predictions for the conference, highlight some of the biggest games of the season, and do a way, way too early prediction for the Big 12 for this upcoming season. So let's get it going. First, we're going to talk about these preseason predictions. Like I said, again, we only pre- got to predict two conferences. That was the Big Ten and the SEC. So we're going to use Athlon again. Shout out to you guys for actually, you know, not starting a podcast late into the football season. Um, yeah, but I don't think <laughs> I don't think anyone's shocked. They had Oklahoma winning the conference. Uh, uh, I mean, once Jalen Hurts announced he was going to Oklahoma, I feel like that was almost a given for most people. Honestly, I think it was before Jalen Hurts was even uh, considering Oklahoma. I think that was just Oklahoma's been so, I want to say great. And they have been great for the past few seasons, but they just haven't been able to get it done, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it was a given that Oklahoma was probably the favorite to win this conference. Yeah, it, I, I, they were almost a unanimous pick from what I could find. Uh, they had Texas and Iowa State coming in second and third. I'm not going to walk y'all through all 10 teams. Y'all can look that up on y'all's own. But yeah, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa State. What it ended up actually being is Oklahoma, Baylor, and then Texas. Uh, okay. You know, Texas had extremely high hopes. I was not one of those on that bandwagon to start the season. I know Brandon wasn't either. Brandon has horns, horns down, down tattooed on his heart. And it's gonna uh, be somewhere else too, like pretty soon. So get ready for that, guys. <laughs> and you know, uh this season was odd, I think, for the you know, this conference. You know, uh Jalen Hurts and Lincoln Riley seemed to be a dream combination. They lived up to that hype for the most part until they ran into the buzzsaw that was the LSU Tigers and Joe Burrow. But then you also had teams like Oklahoma State and TCU that had a lot of talent, but they were ravaged by injuries. I mean, you look at TCU, who I I believe what? We highlighted them midway through the season, and they were what? To their fifth string quarterback that started on the practice squad? Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, can you really hold that against them? Uh, You know, they they may have had a little bit higher hopes than, uh, what are they going, five and seven? They may have had higher hopes than that, but I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, this is, it's just, uh, who was the team in the ACC we talked about that was just injured all year long? That, uh, oh, no, uh, that, that was the ACC. That was, uh, NC State that they lost, like, I think it was like 10 starters at one point yeah. throughout I mean, the season. It's just the, it's just the NC State of the Big 12 at this point. So, I mean, what, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing. That's why I don't hold it against either of these teams. I mean, Chuba Hubbard was banged up for Oklahoma State throughout the year. Spencer Sanders missed some games. Tylen Wallace missed the entire end of the season when he tore his ACL. And, yeah, I, I don't hold that against any of these teams. And so that's why I'm moving into the biggest disappointment segment of this, you know, conference of this, uh, this segment. I think I'm going to have to go with Iowa State here. I yeah. don't know about you guys, but – this team seemed to have it all. I mean, they were picked third in Athlon in the preseason predictions, and I would have had them extremely high. They were returning quarterback Brock Purdy, which was a fr- who was a freshman sensation his first year at Iowa State, and head coach Matt Campbell has been a candidate for every single Power Five job across the country. Just about one of the best up and coming coaches, but this team struggled. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this. They had a th- three overtime win week one against Northern Iowa, not Iowa, Northern Iowa. And they followed that up the next week with a one point loss to Iowa, their in-state rival. Uh, 
close losses really define the season. I believe I talked about this with Louisville, but they were on the flip side where they were winning these close games. Iowa State lost all their close games. They gave up the one-point loss to Oklahoma in a game they should have won. They lost to Oklahoma State by seven and had a chance to win that game real late. And they also lost to Kansas State, their other rival. I don't know how that's a rivalry, but we'll get into that later. Uh, they lost to them by 10 points, but they K-State kind of pulled away late. And then, you know, you're thinking, let's end the season on a high note. They had a 33-9 to loss to Notre Dame, which just left a black mark on this entire season. And they just never seemed to find their consistency, you know, throughout this entire season. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I think that, uh, you know, they, they didn't quite live up to what everyone thought they may. Um, but my biggest disappointment this season is going to have to be, and it's not a team that a lot of people had high hopes for, but uh, I'm going to go with West Virginia because was anyone out there like, oh, yeah, after this 2018 season uh, led by Will Greer, even though they lost him, they're not going to make the uh, they're not going to make a bowl game. I mean, that kind of shocked me. It's a West Virginia team that isn't by any means consistently great, but, you know, they, they're usually bowl eligible. So to go five and seven this season, that's uh, that's a pretty big disappointment in my book. So I'm going to give that to them. I mean, to be fair, though, uh, they lost their head coach too. Dan Holgerson took off to go to Houston where, you know, he had all his players sit out. But, I mean, so they Which lost their head crazy, coach. They the lost way. Will Greer a thousand percent. I don't know how, why you would leave West Virginia for Houston. But then <laughs> they also lost uh, the big wide receiver Stills. That was their leading wide receiver the last year. And they had a few players leave transferring out. Um so West Virginia had a lot of losses coming into the year, and you're right. I, if I had to pick, go back, I would probably probably would have picked them to go to a bowl game. But I just I, they I don't think they had super high hopes after losing so much from the year before. Right, right. No, and that's what I said. I mean, not a lot of people thought that. Hey, this is a playoff, or this is a playoff team by any means. But they probably, or at least I expected them to go be in a bowl game, like you said. So, yeah, yeah so, I'm going to have to. Uh, that's still tough. I don't know. But I think we're going to have the same surprise team. I feel like anyone highlighting this conference should have to pick this team. It's almost a guarantee. I'll just let you go ahead and start this one off, Brandon. Yeah. Um, I, so, Baylor's the team we're talking about, obviously, here. Uh, yes. <laughs> because, oh, my God. I mean, preseason you would have I mean this is a team that could have made the playoffs you know they if they win that conference championship game against Oklahoma which we'll touch on in a minute uh I mean they're they're probably in the playoff um or if they win the first game against Oklahoma maybe they're in the playoff it's just you know in overtime and I mean it was it was 10 points that separated them from the college football playoff this season and it's just I mean, who who could have seen this coming from this Baylor team that has been or was great, I mean, in the middle of this decade. And then right here toward the end, after the scandals, after everything else, uh, they take a turn for the worse. And then all of a sudden, Matt Rule has them back into, I mean, into playoff contention, basically. Yeah, people forget. About, I think it was two seasons ago. This program was 1-11, guys. They had one win the entire year, and lat and before last season they had seven wins. They were seven and six. Nobody saw this coming, and I mean to say that they were the cardiac kids would be an understatement. Oh my god, dude! It was when I was doing research for this episode, man. It just it brought back memories. I was having like heart palpitations and everything. It was right? just it I mean, was not good for my health. To highlight some of this for you guys, they had a two-point win over Iowa State early in the season. Then they went to double overtime with Texas Tech, somehow pulled that one out. They get a three-point win on Thursday night against West Virginia, who was in the just gutter all season like we talked about. And then to cap all this off, they have a three-overtime win against TCU. But... As Brandon kind of highlighted, their luck ran out when they faced the Oklahoma Sooners. I mean, we'll probably talk about both these games, but just to kind of preview, man, they blew a 28-3 to lead at home when they were undefeated on the track to make the college football playoffs, blew a 28-3 to lead, and then blew another lead in the Big 12 championship game and lost in overtime. So their luck eventually ran out. 
Yeah, it did. And um, I don't know. I, I mean, this is a team that's been competing in the Big 12. Uh, and this isn't to, this isn't like a knock on the Big 12 right now, but, you know, it's it was the Big 12 this year. I mean, Oklahoma came out of it, and then we saw what happened in the playoffs. You know, granted, they did play this LSU team. Um, but, uh, I mean, it was the Big 12. It's Big 12 football. There's not a lot of defense. Uh, Baylor was the actually the team to prove that wrong. You know, I think they had one of the better defenses, if not the best defense in this conference. Um, but coming out, you know, as the number three team or as the number two team in the Big 12, um, I don't know how much props you can really get for that this season. Right. I 100% agree. And Matt Rule did win the Big 12 Coach of the Year, guys. Uh, and I don't think it was even a debate. Uh, I know Lincoln Riley, another playoff berth, but he inherited a hell of a team from Bob Stoops. Oh, yeah. And uh, the the transformation Matt Rule achieved at this program is one of the greatest I think we've ever seen in college football history. And it's one of the quickest, too. I mean, this th- this was a school that was almost almost got the death penalty, guys. And he had them in playoff contention. And he's headed to the Giants now. Or wait, is it no, the Giants? He's going no, to the, Panthers. the Panthers. Panthers. My bad. There's so many. Man, man, the coaches. analytics guy. The analytics right. guy out here. Whew. Well, well, I remember like everyone was saying he was going to the Giants, and then all of a sudden the Panthers were just like, "Hey, we got him. He's here." Yeah, everyone was it's like, just going to be. When, when did he get there? Yeah, it's just going to be Matt Rule and Joe Brady in Charlotte, right? North Carolina. Just <laughs> with Cam Newton, it's going to be the most I, disgusting season of all time, right? Unless and, you're a Panthers you know, fan, I guess. That's true. That's true. I'll root for Cam Newton, but not really the team. And <laughs> uh, I, we highlighted on this podcast before, in case you guys didn't know, Dave Aranda, defensive coordinator from LSU, accepted this job, and. I think he's going to take over a program on the upswing for Matt Rule, and you know it's going to be up to him to step into some pretty big shoes and some and have to live up to some pretty big expectations that Rule left uh, in, in Waco. Oh, no doubt. I mean, we're going to see what Dave Aranda's really made of here. Uh, I mean, you see it all the time. You see these defensive coordinators, even offensive coordinators, go into this head coaching role, and uh, we don't really know how they're going to adapt. But the one thing I will say is that. I mean, if Dave Aranda had to leave, I'm glad it was to Baylor and not UNLV. So, um, great. That's a step in the right direction for you, Dave. Uh, it's also <laughs> a step in the right direction for Baylor, I suppose. But, man, I'm, I'm glad he's not in Las Vegas right now. Yeah, that would have been the worst job move ever. But, uh, you know, to keep this episode rolling, we're going to move into talking about some of the best games from this conference uh, this past season. I'll kick this one off. Uh, you know, a lot of the times I try to pick in conference games, but this is a game that I had to go with because it really set the tone for the Big 12 uh, this season. And that's when Kansas State traveled to Stark Vegas and upset Mississippi State. Oh, wow. okay. They beat that they beat Mississippi State 31 to 24 in week 3 and really and truly no one expected much out of Kansas State this season. Bill Snyder finally retired. I don't know how we lasted this long. And they were coming in this game 2-0. and They didn't really play anybody. I think they had Bowling Green and somebody else, another just horrible team. And uh, nobody expected them to go into uh, Mississippi State and win, except for me. Go check the tapes, guys. Your boy picked this game as upset of the week. Um, but... I think it put the nation on notice that Chris Kleiman can really coach. I mean, yeah, he came from North Dakota State winning, I think he won, what, seven national championships or something? Just outrageous like that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just, I think people underestimated him. And it really showed that Big 12 football can't can compete on a national stage, specifically against the SEC. I mean, you saw some explosive plays. Skylar Thompson, the quarterback for Kansas State, made play after play to keep them in this game. And Malik and Malik Knowles sparked Kansas State with a second-half kickoff return that really put this program on the right direction in this game and really set the tone for the season. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you. And this, you know, that's not a game that I necessarily thought of uh, when I was doing when I was picking my games for the season, but. 
you're right. I mean, that was a game. Uh, I remember watching it. I stopped for lunch on my way to, I think I was going to watch LSU Northwestern state this year, but I was on my way there and I stopped for lunch and saw the end of this game and it was just nuts. Um, but to, I mean, kind of on the same, uh, note, I mean, let's, let's keep talking about K state for a second because my first game that defined this season or that, that, uh, you know, kind of put things into order for the Big 12, I'd have to go with Oklahoma K-State. Um, that is just a game that I don't think anyone saw coming or at least an outcome that nobody saw coming. Um, and I think this really exposed Oklahoma's weaknesses this season. Uh, before this, I mean, you can check the tapes like Zach said already. Uh, I think both of us, I mean, we were we were ready to write Oklahoma down as the conference champions, which, you know, they ended up being anyway. We were ready to write them down as like serious contenders, you know, for the national championship. And I mean, we, we just saw that they were exposed and, you know, I can't speak for Zach, but after this game, I never really saw uh, Oklahoma in the same light. I, I always saw them as a team that was exposed by K state as a team that had its weaknesses. And I was just waiting for their next loss. I mean, for the entire season after this. Yeah. I mean, I think Oklahoma was actually really exposed. I remember, going to this game and at this point I would say Oklahoma was on its way to being a lock for the playoffs I think Jalen was really high in the Heisman voting and you know they came into the you know they had the game in the little apple they were a 24 point favorite Brandon oh yeah 24 points I went I went with my girlfriend I told her we should leave early um you know <laughs> one because I thought it was going to be a blowout. We were walking to the game. I said, if we're not, we're going to leave by halftime. It's going to be like 40 to nothing. Like they're about to kill K-State. And to be fair, it was the same weekend of the LSU-Auburn game. So I was a lot more concerned with uh, other stuff. But in case you guys want some more reason not to trust me, I've, I've said that two times going to games. I said that going to the Oklahoma-K-State game. And I said that going to the Auburn-Jacksonville State game. Uh-oh. As we know, <laughs> your boy has no idea what he's talking about, so don't 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 quote me on anything. But K State stormed out of halftime. They took a huge lead. They looked like the better team, and and if it wasn't for Oregon and Utah losing, the the Big Twelve would have missed the playoffs because of this game. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and, and the cards had to fall. I mean, perfectly for Oklahoma after this game. I mean, they had to. You know, because, I mean, they had some close calls there. I mean, they, they fell perfectly, and they ended up making the playoffs. Do they deserve it? Who knows? But, it was, you know, we, we saw the outcome. Well, to be fair, I think even if you put the New England Patriots up against Coach O and these LSU Tigers, LSU's <laughs> taking that one. It's a good point. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'll take another game. It's another game that I don't think a lot of people saw coming. I have Kansas at Texas. Yeah, Week yeah. eight, um, 50 to 48 win for Texas on a last second field goal. And I think this game was significant enough to make the list because it showed that Les Miles is really capable of building up a program that hasn't been successful in a really long time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is a Kansas I mean, program, like a Kansas football program who, I mean, they were, I mean, they were the joke of the Big 12. I mean, and they still, uh, they're not necessarily the joke of the Big 12 anymore, but they, I mean, they're still not great, but they're a lot better than they were. So, yeah, uh, you got, you're right there. Yeah. I mean, this, and this was such an exciting game. I think it was so underrated. I mean, Texas jumped out to a 14 nothing lead immediately in the first quarter, and Kansas stormed all the way back to take, take the lead until last second field goal by Texas. I mean, to come into Texas's home stadium as Kansas, and really have a chance to win. And Puka Williams said hello to the world. He put up over, I think he put up 200 yards rushing and two touchdowns. I mean, that this game really brought Texas crashing back to earth, realizing that Tom Herman has a lot more work to do. Because as we all know, uh, Texas fans are a little, a tad bit delusional. Just so they, yeah, they thought they were going to win the national championship, and Kansas is coming into town almost beating them, putting up 48 points. Yeah, yeah. So this was a game that I considered putting on mine. I'm glad I didn't now. Um, so for my last game, you know, I have – I don't – I had I had a couple more games to put on there, but I don't know how well they shaped the Big 12. 
Um, and I'll, I'll list them if you want me to, but, uh, but a game that did shape the Big 12, in my opinion, uh, was, and you've already touched on it, that Baylor-Iowa State game. Uh, that 23-21 to 21 victory for Baylor. Um, but, I mean, this was almost was just the comeback of the season, really. Uh, well, I take it back. That really wasn't the comeback of the season. The comeback of the season would have been the other game I listed. But uh, this was a 20-point comeback for Iowa State. They ended up going up by um, – what did they go up by? They went up by a point with, like, Three minutes yeah. left in the game, yeah, yep. and then then Baylor just crushed their dreams by kicking that field goal with 21 seconds left in the game. Um, and this is, I mean, this was a game that uh, I mean, you listed Iowa State as your biggest disappointment this season, and this is one of those games that that for them, um, that's what caused them to be a disappointment in a way. I mean, but preseason, who would have guessed that Baylor would have been would have beaten Iowa State? Uh, especially the Baylor team that you know we already mentioned earlier, so I'm not going to harp on it too much. But this Baylor team that hasn't had very much recent success, uh, you know, compared to this Iowa State team that was led by Brock Purdy, who everyone wanted to go ahead and uh, you know mark, you know, just chalk, just go ahead and chalk it up. He's going to end up in New York for the Heisman ceremony. He wasn't, and you know I could have told you that, but I won't harp on that either. Um, but this was a game that defined the Big Twelve this season. Yeah, I like that pick. It was on my list, but I, I, I still – you might argue against this. I have the first Oklahoma-Baylor game. That No, I will not I will not argue against that because that's the game I was talking about that should have been comeback okay. of the year. Yeah, it definitely should have been comeback of the year. And this game was week 12. Baylor was undefeated. Oklahoma, one loss. A loss here eliminates Oklahoma. And a loss here – you know, at this point, a lot of people thought would eliminate Baylor. Baylor was getting no respect. They were undefeated. I believe they were 13th in the country at this point. But, yeah. I mean, all this hype, the best game of the year, one of the best games of the year ensued after that. I mean, Baylor took a 28-3 to lead. I think it was 31-10 to in the second half or 38-10. to so It was like halftime 31-10. to Yeah. They didn't score and in the second half. That's ridiculous. It's insane, man. And, you know, Jalen Hurts had his Heisman moment that kept him in the Heisman race, I think. I mean, he put up over 400 yards of offense, four touchdowns, and led the team back to a win after it was really his fault that they were down. I mean, he was fumbling, and he was very inconsistent in the first half. But that second half was something to, to for, that was spectacular to me. But the main reason I put it on the list, you said that, you know, some of these other games might not have defined the season. The reason I think this did is for two reasons. One, more importantly, the stigma of the Big 12 of offense runs to conference has yeah. really hurt this this whole idea of this conference being competitive on a national stage. And I think this game was more about the uh, the defenses, in my opinion. I mean, Baylor's defense, outstanding in the first half. But Oklahoma's defense was outstanding in the second half. Right. So right. I, I think that was huge for this conference. And then secondly, I think this game sparked Oklahoma's run to the playoffs. If Oklahoma loses this game, I mean, they're out. And I don't know how much motivation they have going forward in the season. So I, I think this game was significant for both of those reasons. Yeah, you're right. And that, that would have been my final pick. So I'm, I'm out of games now. That. <laughs> Uh, that was definitely, I mean, I mean, what a game. If I could have that night back, I'd love to have it because that was at the same time this game was on, LSU was struggling to beat uh, Ole Miss, you know, given the circumstances now, LSU won the national championship. Uh, if I could go back in time and watch that game without just feeling super anxious about the, about this LSU team, then I would. Yeah, I, um, I just uh, – Oklahoma. Man, Oklahoma, uh, I don't know how they pulled that one out. It's just insane. But we'll move on to our next segment, and I'm so ready for this segment because this conference had a plethora of players to pick for this, and this is our breakout players of the Big 12. Brandon, I will let you kick this one off since I kicked off the last segment. Okay, so I'd like to go ahead and say that uh, I've reformed my old ways. Um I I now understand what a breakout player is. Uh, 
And so I will play by the rules this time. Uh, so my first breakout player, and I'm going to go ahead and take him before Zach can. Uh, I'm going with Chuba Hubbard. How do you not? Uh, you know, the kid had what 2,100 rushing yards on the season this year. And that's as to, that's as compared to his 2018, uh, that included 740 yards. I mean, this kid is insane. Uh, so he also had 21 touchdowns this season. Uh, I mean, the craziest part about him this year is that he had 6.4 yards rushing. That, that was his average. Every single time he touched the ball, he got 6.4 yards. So, I mean, how do you even talk about breakout players? I mean, we could be talking about the entire NCAA. Uh, we'd have to bring up Chuba Hubbard in this conversation. I actually had Chuba Hubbard, too. I know that it's supposed to be breakout. It, it is what it is, guys. It, he was he was really good last year, but this year he took it to another level, and I think Brandon will completely agree with me on that. And um, just he won the Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Year over Jalen Hurts. He should have, in my opinion. I thought he was better than Jalen Hurts. This kid is the best overall player in the conference and should be a Heisman favorite going forward into next season. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I uh, just uh, this kid, this kid is everything to me. I I um I love this kid. He's going to be my favorite player next season. But I'll take it to the next guy. We've talked a lot about Chuba Hubbard. Uh, Brandon, I'll give Brandon props. Brandon was on this kid before I was. So shout out to. Brandon on that one, guys. He out analyticed me, I guess. Is I'm the finally term getting for that. finally getting the recognition I deserve. <laughs> uh, but let's see. Uh, my second player is Joshua Youngblood. Um, okay, probably not. Probably not a name many people know. Brandon, do you know who this kid is? I mean, I know who he is, but I mean, I wouldn't expect like a, just a casual fan to know who he is. Yeah, definitely not. He is a Kansas State wide receiver, but the reason he's on this list is because of what he did on special teams, guys. He did not play often on the offensive side of the ball. K-State had a lot of seniors, juniors on at skill positions on offense. This kid was the true freshman last season, was their main kick returner. This kid is the next Devin Hester. I know Brandon's probably having a heart attack. This kid is the next Devin Hester. Yeah, it's a bold claim. Very, very bold. <laughs> Brandon, his first season, he had three kickoff returns and averaged over 35 yards per return for the whole season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's okay. He was the Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Year. This was his true freshman year, guys. This kid is 18 years old, and he's already doing this. This kid was lightning in a bottle, and I can't wait for year two. I am pumped, and uh, I literally cannot wait. I've seen this kid play. He's he's going to be explosive at wide receiver. I mean, when he gets the ball in his hands, it's a it could be a touchdown at any moment. And I'm just saying uh, – if Big 12 kickers, if you do not kick away from this kid, be warned that it's probably coming back to the house. Yeah. I mean, uh, three kickoff returns is outrageous, guys. I mean, that's I know that doesn't seem like a high number, but if you watch football, kickoff returns are very rare. And for one player to have three in a season as a true freshman is outrageous. And that's why he's on this list. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and move on to my next player. Uh, and I'm actually going to go ahead and move into defense. I, you know, I've been hearing all you guys, Brandon, you always talk about offense. What about defense? There's, 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 there's also another part of this football thing that you talk about that, uh, well, you actually don't talk about it, Brandon. So here I am, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to swallow, I'm going to swallow my own pride and, uh, here goes nothing for my defensive player. Um, from the Big 12 that had a breakout season, I'm going to give that to uh, James Lynch from Baylor. Uh, he's a defensive tackle. And the reason that I'm giving it to him, you know, he had pretty similar total tackle numbers uh, from a year ago. But his sacks, man, they, he went from Facts. four and a half sacks. He went from four and a half sacks in 2018 to 13 and a half this season. I mean, they just increased <laughs> tenfold. That's insane. I love it. So, I love it. I mean, if you watch this kid play, it was just, I mean, and he was, he was really, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'd venture to say he was probably the best player on this on this Baylor defense. That was, I mean, we've harped on it enough. I mean, we've talked about how good this Baylor defense was, especially compared to the rest of the Big 12. And, you know, to have these kind of numbers playing against Big 12 offenses, I, I think that speaks numbers about this kid. And so uh, I don't think he declared for the draft, did he? I think he's coming back to Baylor. I'm not positive about that. Someone someone fact check um, me. I, I, um, I believe I believe he declared. Oh, did he? Anyway, so, I mean, just yeah. watch out for this guy oh, in the man. NFL next season. If you watch the NFL, who knows? We're a college football podcast, so uh, that's really what we're worried about. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely <laughs> – He said, I don't care about the NFL. Yeah, XFL, whatever you want to – I don't care. This is college football. That's what we know. That's what we talk. Well, some people would say we don't yep. know, but, but we kind of might. He did declare for the draft January 13th, guys. He will be yeah, coming to an NFL city near you. But I love that pick. I, I absolutely love that pick. Right. And, you know, guys, I kind of have a head start on Brandon on all, all these because if you guys haven't checked out the blog yet, go check out our top returning Big 12 players for the next season. And so I get kind of like a head start. I, jo, uh, Joshua Youngblood and Chuba Hubbard are both on it. I almost put Blake Lynch on it because I also did not – I was not 100% sure if he declared. That's the only reason I thought he did. And this next guy is another person on this list. Brandon loves this kid's name. You're going to love this kid's name. Puka Williams Jr. Let's go. Kansas Jayhawks running back. I I love this. Puka? That, I, come on. Uh, what it's is New Orleans. Puka. Puka you know, shells, and, Puka Williams Jr. Whatever, hey, whatever. It's all good, but you know, it's not. It's not a name that a lot of you guys might recognize off the bat. But let me tell you, that's coming very soon. You'll know this kid's name ASAP. I put some highlights up on our blog. Go check them out. This kid is, oh my gosh, he's so explosive. I mean, I, he he was all conference first team running back this past season along with Chuba Hubbard. That's how good this kid was. Yeah, I mean, big 12 running backs, you have to have some kind of name, man. You got to have a good first name on you. If you're going to be in the big 12, be a good Chuba, Puka. Keontae, Ingram, I mean, it's everything. Love it. I love it, every bit of it. And, you know, here's something I kind of wrote about in the blog, but I kind of wanted to expand on it here, and I wanted to ask Brandon his opinion. The reason I'm really high on this kid moving forward, and I think that, we saw this progression this season is because of Les Miles. People forget how many NFL running backs Les Miles turned out at LSU between what St- Stephen Ridley, Leonard Fournette. Um, I mean, there's probably countless. I'm forgetting, man. I mean, I'll, I'll put some more in the blog, but there were like what six or seven NFL running backs that left LSU while Les Miles was, you know, the head coach. Yeah, I mean, you hear me talk about it all the time, obviously, you know, as an LSU fan, about LSU's stable of running backs. I mean, and, you know, in recent years, maybe maybe it's not, you know, some people would argue it's not nearly as impressive as, like, Georgia, for instance, or, I mean, maybe other teams that are just notorious for their running backs. But, uh, I mean, you know, growing up watching the LSU team with Les Miles, I mean, they always had a running back. You know, they always had a, I mean, a great running back of that, and they had a few of them. Yep. So that's just that's kind of been the culture at LSU. And um, Les Miles had he played a big part in that. Uh, that's that's what he liked to recruit, and he did a pretty good job of it. I mean, I'd say so. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and uh, I can't wait to see what he does with this Kansas program, uh, especially after seeing this kid. I mean, this might be another name that, you know, that no one uh, or not no one, but it might be another name that a lot of people wouldn't know, like off the back of their hand. But, yeah, he's going to be a household name next season. Just write that down. You'll know. And especially, okay, guys, he'll be the second best running back in the conference next year. He's not on Chuba Hubbard's level, but let's say Chuba Hubbard takes off to the draft next year, which I think it's almost a guarantee that he will. But let's say he does that and Williams comes back for his senior season. He'll be the best running back in the Big 12, and it won't even be a conversation at that point. And if you give Les Miles three years with a running back, something special is happening, guys. So pay attention to the Jayhawks this year. And if you can catch a game, catch this kid on Saturdays this upcoming season. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and with my last player, uh, and I'm kind of reverting back to my old ways here because this kid had pretty similar numbers to what he's already put up. Uh, but I do have an argument for why he's one of my breakout players of the season. Uh, I've got Charlie Brewer, uh, quarterback from Baylor, big on Baylor this season, by the way, if you can't tell. Um, uh, but like I said, I mean, he had, he had pretty similar numbers. I mean, he, his pass attempts, his pass attempts this year were at 389 as compared to 390 from last year. Uh, he completed 11 more, uh, balls than he did last year with 251 this year as compared to 240 last year. Uh, and he had nearly 3,200 yards this year, and last year he had 3,000. The reason that I have him in this conversation for breakout player is because if you – I mean, go look it up now if you don't believe me, but uh, if you go look up any anything that's talking about players to watch for the 2019 season that were posted before the season, obviously, Charlie Brewer's name is just nowhere to be found. And so, I mean, he just wasn't a player that was talked about a lot. He wasn't talked about in high regards, which is nuts. I mean, coming from a player that, uh, you know, that threw for over 3,000 yards last season. So, uh, I think it was uh, I think it's pretty impressive what he did. Uh, you know, touchdowns weren't up by much. He had two more touchdowns this season than last year. He had 21 this season. But I mean, he he put he put Baylor on his on his back um, alongside with his defense. I think that Charlie Brewer was a big part of, of Baylor's success this season. I'm not gonna lie to you, Brandon. I hate that pick. Wow, that blunt. I right really okay. hate that pick. Why? I, I, he wasn't even a top five quarterback in the conference last year. Oh, that's, you're 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 that's insane. Do I, I can list them for you? You you, you want to do that? Like we can do this right now. We don't have to. I mean, because yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts better. I would say you agree. Well, yeah. If we're talking about like running backs right now, if you want to do that. Oh my god, we're talking straight strictly quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts was better. Sam Ellinger was better. Oh, like, don't give me that. Uh, don't give me that right now. Uh, don't do it. This is a horns good. down podcast, and you know it. It's Brandon. a horns down podcast, Brandon. Why are we doing this? Brandon. I mean, Brandon, Brandon, what? Uh, are you telling me that Charlie Brewer is be- is a better passer than? Uh, I'm just, I think he had a better season. I, no, we didn't. Sam Ellinger had more yards and more touchdowns. Sam Ellinger threw for thirty six hundred yards and thirty two touchdowns. Brewer threw for thirty one hundred yards and twenty one touchdowns. Do you want to get off my back? No, I mean, but stats. I mean, stats aren't the only thing that stats. That stats what? I mean, I was, I was going to complete my sentence. Stats aren't the only <laughs> thing that can define a player. I mean, look at records right now. Uh, Where did Baylor uh, end up? Where was Texas? Uh, but, but are you are, are you even putting Charlie Brewer in the top five players on his own team? Not necessarily, but I think he had a great season. I mean, if you gave me – listen, I, if, if I were a college coach and my quarterback gave me 3,200 yards passing, I think that's a pretty – I think that's a pretty good season. But but it, but if you could get a quarterback that gives you five hundred more yards and eleven more yeah, touchdowns, so we're talking about Sam Ellinger right now. You're talking about your second ranked uh, quarterback in the conference. Uh, I mean, okay, I didn't, I didn't, say, I didn't say I rank. I, I didn't say I was ranking them in order. I'm just saying Sam Ellinger is above Charlie Brewer, and so is Brock Purdy. Oh, don't give me that crap right now either. Are you kidding me? Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy threw for four thousand yards this year. Brandon. Okay, Zach. Let's go ahead and move on. What, what was your next oh, one? This is ridiculous. That, 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 that was it. I gave out three. That, that was that's all that's all I had. I can give you a you know what? Uh my bad guys. You know, I I fall victim to this too. Brandon rubs off on me. I'm the analytics guy. I talk defense. Brandon sticks to offense. Uh, I talked defense this time. I did. You did, so you made me feel bad. So I guess I will shift gears. And you know, go into another player, and he'll be at Baylor too. I'll stick with Baylor. I got Terrell Bernard, okay, the Baylor linebacker. This season, he had a hundred and twelve tackles. It's pretty good, that, I guess. That's that's pretty good. That was um that was number two in the conference, and I th- I really think that Dave Aranda is going to love this kid. I mean, if you're making a hundred and twelve tackles. That's pretty good. And he had almost 10 for loss. He had four and a half sacks. He had an interception, three fumble recoveries, and returned one for a touchdown. 
Right. The kid is all over the field and a big time playmaker. And I think he, I, I, I don't think anyone was really expecting it. So I'm going to go with Bernard here as my last uh, breakout player of the conference. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. So yeah. let's go ahead and move into our next. Uh, <laughs> oh. Okay, cool. Hook him. All right. Let's go into our next segment real quick. <laughs> Oh, guys, we got the way too early look at the 2020 season. I'll kick this off because I got some questions for Brandon. I don't know. I kind of want to kick it off because mine's short. Mine's short, sweet, to the point. Okay, go ahead. Hit it. All right. So my notes, I'm going to read them verbatim. Oklahoma wins again. Texas has a losing record. Horns down. Texas has a losing record? Yeah, it might just be more of like a hopeful thing than like a real prediction. But, you know, it's way too early. Okay, we'll, we'll go with it. I'm not, not going to argue. That is Brandon's way too early 30-second prediction. Um, I will take a little bit more time. So this conference, to, in my personal opinion, is the most unpredictable conference in all of college football next year. Okay. And it's due to all these following unknowns. All right, so I'll let Brandon answer each one of these unknowns with his opinion since he already made his prediction, so he set himself up for these questions anyway. Sweet. Let's go. I already know, I already know what he's going to answer to this first one. Is The first unknown is, can, can Spencer Rattler really be the next great Oklahoma quarterback and follow in the footsteps of Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts? Um, well, I will answer that with another question. Is Lincoln Riley still his head coach? Lincoln Riley is indeed still at Oklahoma. So, yeah, I think so. Um, and I think that he's more on the lines. Of, I mean, did you, I mean, have you seen this kid's tapes? I mean, you know what he, you know what he's working with. Uh, and I think he's more on the lines of maybe like a Kyler Murray type. Um, I don't know. I, I think, I think he's a better true passer than, uh, than Jalen Hurts was. And so I think that really works to his advantage, especially in this Oklahoma offense. Can I ask you something though? Um, can you name the last quarterback that Lincoln Raleigh coached at Oklahoma as the head coach that wasn't uh, that was a quarterback that he recruited? No, I, I can't because he hasn't. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Why did you try <laughs> so, to trick me? By the way, you're trying to I, <laughs> trying to set me up. I'm sorry. Uh, my second, you know, unknown that will determine my pick is. Can Chuba Hubbard and Tylen Wallace stay healthy enough to lead Oklahoma State into contention this season? Both of them have struggled with injuries throughout their career. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, and that's that's a hard thing to predict. So I don't really know what you want me to say right now. Um, well, no, I'm just. I mean, you, you can just add like you like. I mean, Tyler Wallace is coming out coming off an of ACL surgery. You yeah, still got Spencer Sanders probably throwing you- interceptions. Well, yeah, that's true. I'm going to go ahead and give you the uh, the guy who thinks he knows a lot about medicine, but he really doesn't, but he's a football fan uh, answer. <laughs> and that is that ACL surgeries are so advanced nowadays that he's going to spring back. That knee is going to be better than it was when he was born. So this surgery might have helped he was him. Born. <laughs> yeah, so he, this is better than like if he never tore his ACL. So he's going to come back. He's going to be faster. He's going to be able to like stop on a dime. So that that's my prediction, I guess. Mm, okay, well, we'll go with that. And the next one is, can Dave Aranda continue the immediate success that Matt Rule had at Baylor? That's a huge unknown for me because Baylor has a lot of talent, but is Dave Aranda cut out to be a head coach? We don't know because he has yet to be a head coach. That's true. Um if I had to guess, I would say ah, this is so tough. I'd say he probably does well this season just because of the talent that he has in this program right now. Um, I don't think that suddenly they're just going to fall off because they have a new head coach. I mean, I mean, would you argue with me if I were to say that Dave Aranda is one of the great defensive minds in college football? No, not not in the slightest. But like we, I mean, and it's like we know, I mean, look at Charlie Strong, for instance, you know, great defensive minds don't always translate well to good head coach, head coaching jobs. Um, So I guess we're going to have to see. I mean, that's, that's always going to be a factor until we see it. Yeah. And then you have in Kansas, we have two big questions here. It is first one is what will Kansas state look like in year two of Chris Kleiman? 
heck of a first year. No one expected K-State to get to eight wins, have a chance at nine. They they lost a close one to Navy in the bowl game. But, you know, what's next for Kansas State? Can Chris Kalame keep up the success, or was it leftover residual effects of Bill Snyder? That's a good question. We're going to get Kurtz back on to answer that because I just don't know enough. I'll, I'll hit him up. We'll get Kurtz back on to answer that question. And secondly, can Les Miles find a way to pull another trick out of his mad hatter hat and shock the world and win the big 12 next year. God, I hope so. Oh man. That would be legendary. That would be legendary. And then the most important question of the conference, Brandon, will Texas actually be back? No. There you go, guys. Brandon answers the tough (laughs) questions of the big 12. So I'm going to give a little preface to my pick and then I'll explain it. So all these questions in the Big 12, my gut tells me you can never go wrong with superstar talent and experience. Those are the two biggest factors in, for me in picking a champion in an unpredictable league like this. So, Brandon, do you know who that describes perfectly? I think I know who you're going to say, yeah. My way too early champion, Brandon's about to have a heart attack. I have my my two teams of the championship game are Texas and Oklahoma State. Oh my God, gross. Oklahoma State is taking the Big 12 this year. Well, at least it's not Texas, I, I guess. Yeah, I I think Oklahoma, Kansas State, and Iowa State are one or two games out of the championship game. They finished third, fourth, fifth, or tied for third, however you want to flip it. I think Spencer Rattler is going to go through some growth. Uh, like some growing pains. And I think the loss of, you know, players like Ronnie Perkins and Kenneth Murray for Oklahoma, because Ronnie Perkins is facing a five to six game suspension to start the season. And they lost Kenneth Murray as well. And they have a young offense coming back. And, you know, I don't think Lincoln Riley can just work his magic again. I think Oklahoma is going to lose some games that people aren't expecting. I think K-State still has a lot of room to grow, but I think they'll shock some teams. It's always tough to come play in Manhattan, Kansas. And I think Iowa State's going to have so much motivation to prove people wrong. Matt Campbell's not going to let this team sleep in the you know gutters for too long. And That's true. I think, I think Oklahoma State, like I just said, they you know how many how many starters do you think they're returning, Brandon? Uh, if I had to guess, I don't know, like 13, 18 starters, 10 starters return from the defense. It's pretty good. I guess they're losing one cornerback and they're losing like two or three offensive linemen and then like one wide receiver. But you also gain talent, talent Wallace back from an ACL injury. Uh, Mike Gundy, we talked about it, you know, when we had Dave on to talk Oklahoma state football, Mike Gundy can coach guys. Stop sleeping on, you know, the mullet. Mike Gundy, he is ready to put the mullet in prime time. I think the I think Oklahoma State makes a run at the playoffs. They take the Big Twelve, and I, I think Oklahoma State shocks the world and takes the conference title away from their in-state rival this season. Yeah, I guess we're gonna have to sit here and wait and see. I mean, we've got, I mean, all these we've got all the time like, in the world, really. Like six months away. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. It's trash, guys, trash. But that is a wrap on this episode, guys. Um, you guys keep subscribing, keep supporting, keep listening. We'll keep dropping episodes. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming up. We got more interviews with people coming up. We got more uh, pre- uh, more recap episodes. The combine's coming up. We got some stuff coming out for that. Um, more blog posts. You guys keep checking those out. Follow us on the website. There's like a little subscribe button so you can like follow all our articles. Do that. If you want to find us on social media, it is at the underscore blue bloods on Instagram at the blue bloods pod on Facebook, and then at the underscore underscore blue bloods on Twitter. And, Yeah, that is all our social media. We got some other big things in the works, but I'll keep you all waiting on that till more things are finalized. Um, But yeah, so Brandon, anything you want to throw at them? Anything you want to let them know? Uh, No. I mean, I'll reiterate what you said, what you already said. Uh, We don't love y'all. We don't love y'all. Yes, I do. You know what? I take it back. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say I love you. (laughs) But guys, 
leave a leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, preferably five stars. Uh, you know that it keeps us going out here, man. We bring you your content. The, for, like I said in the intro, the big dark void, which is the off season without college football, we're bringing it to you. We're way better than the XFL. We actually have quarterbacks here. Um, so much better. Yeah, so check us out. Also, check out the XFL. It's pretty dope, too, but we are a little <laughs> bit better. Uh, yeah, so we'll keep bringing you guys all-season content, but until later, we out. <laughs>